This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are back with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here in studio. I'm joined uh, by my co-host, uh, Graham Williams, as well. One of our other uh, contributors, as we said earlier, is uh, away on a uh, well-deserved sabbatical down in Honduras. But she still wanted to dial in to give us the travel app of the week because she is traveling. Christina, thanks for uh, coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Mike. This is uh, actually interesting. I'm traveling and giving you the travel app of the week. How fun is that? All I- thanks to taking technology. (laughs) Uh, What what have you got for us this week? This week I have an app called Momondo. This one is a database of flights and hotels. It pulls data from major airlines, low-cost carriers, and travel agencies. And it has an interactive price calendar to help you find the best airfare for your budget by showing you average prices on different dates. This one's really nicely designed, and it's super easy to use, and it's available on both platforms for free. Is this kind of like Hopper? Uh, yeah, this is very similar to uh, a lot of the other, um, you know, airfare uh, search engines out there. But uh, I always encourage people to try different ones and figure out what they like. Very cool. Again, the name and uh, what's available for? Uh, it's called Momondo, and it's available on Android and iOS for free. Thanks, Christina, for dialing in. Thanks for having me. That's all the time we have left today on the App Show. Don't forget to listen to our sister show Saturdays here on CKNW 980. Get connected, 10 a.m. every Saturday. Check it out. For Mike, Christina, and Graham, we're signing off for the App Show. We'll see you again next time. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here in studio today with Graham Williams. Our other uh, app friend, Christina, is away on a well-deserved sabbatical down in Honduras. I need a well-deserved sabbatical. I think we could all use a well-deserved sabbatical. On today's program, we're talking, of course, about apps. Uh, Later on, we'll be uh, giving you the lowdown on the hottest streaming movies and TV shows on Netflix, Crave, and Amazon. And do you like taking pictures? Then you have to stay tuned for our Hot 5. This week, it's the Hot 5 Portrait camera apps. If you want to take photos like the uh, super expensive iPhone 10 can, these apps will let you do it on older iPhones. So it is a fantastic hot five. We'll also be talking about uh, Apple once again and health records. They're trying to change the way that people can access and store their own personal health records. And it sounds pretty exciting. A lot of uh, app news this uh, week, uh, Graham. Yeah, there's uh, quite a few things coming out, and probably the biggest one uh, for a lot of people out there is Apple is getting back into the ebooks game in a very big way. I didn't hear about this. Yeah, so essentially the thing here is uh, Apple's had iBooks for a while, and we're starting to hear rumors that they're going to be renaming iBooks to the uh, the stunning new name of just straight up books, uh, and <laughs> okay, <laughs> and they're they're going with a complete redesign to help people with uh, with iPhones and iPods to have more of an ebook like experience with it. So this is kind of they're their, uh, doubling down on books and kind of going after Amazon on Amazon's home turf uh, with, a, with a recommitment to, to e-books. Amazon really dominates the, the e-book space, don't they? They do. I mean, with Amazon right now, you can buy your, buy your physical books if you want to. Uh, with Amazon Prime, you get them delivered rel- relatively quickly. You can buy e-books and have them sent to your Kindle or Kindle app. And they've also got Audible. Um, where you can uh, listen to uh, audiobooks. And they're, they're, they've got sort of a subscription method where you get a, a credit per month, I think. It's for about 15 bucks Canadian and uh, get an ebook that way or an audiobook that way, which can actually be quite a good value because a few of them that I've bought, the audiobooks have been $50, $60 for that $15 credit. What? Yeah. Audiobooks I, for that much? Yeah, I've been listening to a couple of books about, guess what, Star Trek, um, the 50-year mission. 
And uh, there were two books, and they were $60 each, uh, which were, I mean, amounted what? to two credits, so it was 30 bucks to buy the pair. Well, that's not bad. Well, I mean, that, that was 60 hours of audiobook. Oh, okay, that's a lot. There's a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah. Uh, so why do you think this uh, renewed, uh, I guess, push into books? Are they are they losing share to Amazon? I think they are losing share and media, media mind share. So basically sort of circling back, they're doing a great job with TV. They're doing a great job with video. And uh, so basically bringing it back into this media space and being able to do something there as well. Uh, this may actually go hand in hand with uh, the next rumored phase for them, which might be the breakup of iTunes. What? Uh, yeah. So there's essentially been a rumor going around that the podcast section of iTunes is being broken out into a separate podcast app. A lot of people have been talking about this because iTunes is so many things, right? It manages your apps for your phone. Uh, it manages your music. It manages your movies. And so all of that stuff is kind of broken out in a way on your iOS devices, but on your Mac and on your PC, it's one program. It's iTunes. So with books, uh, you know, we've got TV on the, uh, on the iPhone and on the, on the iPad and on Apple TV. So now we may be seeing, you know, photos, TV, books, podcasts, music. We're going to start to see the, basically the balkanization of all these apps. But when they specialize, hopefully they can do a better job and they can be updated faster. Uh, another thing uh, came across, you talked about Amazon. You can finally talk to Alexa in Amazon's Alexa app. Which is good for both you and Amazon to a degree. Amazon wants to hear more of your voice. They want to know more about the things that you want to ask and the things that you want to order. So this seemed like a common sense solution to me. And Alexa, again, is Amazon's uh, digital assistant uh, that uh, you use uh, to wake up their Echo speakers and now, uh, I guess, in the app as well. Yeah. So, I mean, basically being able to press a button. You don't have to have the hardware anymore. I think they sort of Trojan horse the hardware into a lot of people's houses during the holiday season with low prices. So... Now you can do that for free with the Amazon Alexa app. This was uh, an interesting one as well. Uh, an app that tracks public social media posts to create real-time map of the flu. I can just tell you everyone's got it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my best to stay away from everyone right now. Yeah. So it's uh, basically you know rubber gloves and mask season, I think, for a lot of us. But uh, Google was doing this uh, as well. Uh, I, I know in the past, and they still do it, uh, just based on Google searches, uh, you know, researchers could see how different diseases like the flu were spreading ac across the globe. There's kind of a, a fun thing. There was a, a video game that came out a couple of years ago called The Division. Okay. It was about a flu that swept around the world, kind of like the one that did in The, in the Stand. Uh, but on their website, if you go to The Division website, it actually has a real-time tracker where you can basically put yourself in as patient zero in your own hometown, and it will pull from Google Maps and say, when you say, you know, I'm going to go to the pharmacy, it shows how you spread this disease. And your goal is to basically wipe out humanity as fast as possible. And uh, it happens pretty quick. What a beautiful game. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. So this app, uh, I believe it's called Sick. Uh, yeah, it uh, basically tracks social media posts, uh, um, you know, the previous 15 weeks. And then it uses all of that data, you know, people saying in their Facebook feeds, uh, I'm sick or my son is sick, I can't stop coughing. Uh, and then it uses all that information and posts it uh, and does like a 15-week calculation on how it's going to go. I think we need to bring back some 90s slang and get people just calling things sick in general just to see if we can throw this app off. So this is interesting. Are you concerned about privacy? I, I know it kind of takes just general information, but uh, this is another app that's basically monitoring all of us. The question, though, is are they anonymizing the data once they grab it, or are they actually continuing to keep identifiers in there? If they're keeping identifiers in there, that's a little scary. But if they're anonymizing that data, that's not a bad thing. Actually being able to see these trends is good for us being able to forecast over the over uh, 
long periods of time. Yeah, so the app gives uh, regions a six score rank based on reported symptoms and illnesses. It tracks keywords such as fever, cough, cold, common colds, and uh, gives real-time information. Hmm. Kind, of, kind of interesting, eh? I wonder if you could use that to uh, basically from a municipal level, say that we need to improve health services in a given area, and if that could have an impact on things like housing prices. Like if you take a look and historically areas get more sick than others, would you want to live there? Interesting. A love story, uh, a Tinderella story, as they call it. Uh, I read about this in the Evening Standard uh, over in the UK. A man who swiped past a woman on a dating app sends mass email to find her. That's, uh, this one's kind of a weird one. He <laughs> went, went to her university, I believe, and sent an email to everyone with the first name. Uh, I guess it was Claudia. Yeah. So he sent an email to uh, all of the Claudias. Um, he accidentally swiped left, which is not the right way to swipe if you're interested in someone. I guess, yeah. I mean, I, I miss the good old days of standing outside with a boombox over my head and a trench coat playing a mixtape, but uh, I guess this will do. <laughs> this is kind of stalkerish, isn't it? It's, like, a, it's a little weird. Yeah. It's a little weird. I mean, he was obviously very inspired uh, to find this person. I mean, it's one of two things, right? It's either the romantic way of, you know, how I met your mother, or it's uh, the weird way of how we got that guy sent to jail. So... Not really an app, but it uses a voice assistant, which is kind of app-ish. Apple's finally announced the HomePod. Yes. So this went up for pre-order on Friday. And I mean, it kind of does tie in app-wise as well because it ties into your uh, Apple Music subscription. Um, It supports AirPlay currently and is going to be supporting AirPlay 2. And the big feature there is actually multi-room audio. So like Sonos and the Google Home speakers, being able to have speakers in each different room and have them play either their own independent thing, or they could all be playing the same music together. So you get this great soundtrack as you go around your house. So Apple HomePod, uh, out there competing against Google Home, Amazon Echoes, I guess even Sonos uh, for that matter is now, but it's super expensive, 350 US. I would say it's probably more competing against the Sonos stuff because it's equivalent. When you take a look at the hardware in there, I mean, they've got a, you know, a, a big base, uh, high excursion speaker in a very small space and six uh, satellite speakers in it. Uh, this is way beyond the capabilities of even the Google Home Max. So uh, it's, a, it's a really, I mean, from what we're hearing uh, from the first reviews, it's a really great sounding speaker, which, you know, at 350 bucks US, which, uh, you know, whatever it is Canadian right now, uh, apparently it's supposed to be phenomenal quality. Do you see what Sonos did? Yeah, they're, uh, they've released uh, a bundle. Is that right? Yes. Two Sonos Play 1s, uh, which are fantastic little speakers for the same price as one HomePod. So you get stereo with Play 1s. You get you know the HomePod quality with a HomePod. So that's a, that's a bit, of a, bit of a trade-off. I'm actually looking to see because HomePod uh, is going to support AirPlay 2, uh, as will Sonos as AirPlay 2 rolls out. So I'm actually, I've got a Sonos system in my house. I'm looking to pick up a HomePod so that I can actually have... Uh, the Siri capability, uh, while also tying into my Sonos system. So I'm going to have sort of a blended system between the two, and hopefully they mesh well together. Probably not. (laughs) Talking about uh, iPhones. iPhone tip of the week. Unleash the power of your iOS device. What do you got for us this week, Graham? So this week's iPhone tip of the week is handy for anyone who uses their phone as a flashlight. It's a pretty simple one. 
On iPhones with 3D Touch, you can press a little harder on the flashlight shortcut, either on your home screen or in the control center, and that will let you turn the flashlight on for varying levels of brightness. So if you need to find something in a dark room while your partner is sleeping, you can turn the flashlight on to low. If you need to light things up and really get some attention, you can go for all three bars of brightness. So here's a tip that's not app-related. Keep one eye closed while you're navigating in a dark room with your flashlight, and when you turn the light off, you'll actually have better night vision from that closed eye. That's your iPhone tip of the week and your eye tip of the week. Thanks, Graham. When we come back, uh, a little more in Apple uh, in the Apple world. Uh, Apple is looking to get health records uh, onto your iPhone so that you can have more control of, of them, which I would welcome because I have no idea what's in my health records. We'll give you the lowdown on that, where it's happening, and uh, when we can expect it to hopefully get here to Canada. You're listening to The App Show with Mike and Graham. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Still lots more today on our program. If you love taking pictures, you have to stay tuned uh, for the Hot 5. This week it's the Hot 5 portrait apps. If you like uh, the blurred effects when you're taking pictures of uh, your friends and family but don't have the bucks for an iPhone 10 uh, or the 7 Plus or 8 Plus, this is a wonderful list of apps that can do it on older iPhones and even Android phones uh, as well. So stay tuned. I want to talk about uh, Apple a little bit more uh, today again, uh, Graham, and specifically around health. They announced uh, a new feature in the latest uh, beta update uh, that works right now down in the U.S., but I'm kind of excited to see this come up into Canada. Yeah, so essentially, I mean, health has been a great app for people over the course of the last few years to aggregate their own data through a variety of different uh, services, sensors, and devices. Um, If you've got an Apple Watch, famously, you'll be able to get things like your heart rate, Um, If you've got a a Fitbit Aria scale, you'll be able to get things like body fat percentage and your weight over time. So it's been uh, gathering data for you. Uh, With the new update, though, it's going to be able to create a a health record right on your phone. And these are health records that can be used by medical professionals uh, to uh, pass that information around. Typically, your health records would be sent from one doctor to another. um, Very efficient. Yeah, when when it's requested. (laughs) Um, and we've seen actually in the past, you know, there've been a lot of things uh, where doctors were using, still using analog uh, health records. So basically manila folders with pages shoved in there with doctor's handwriting, which as we know is the most legible thing on the planet. So uh, there's been a shift now to move to electronic health records. And we've actually seen this all the way through Canada as well. There are a number of companies, uh, TELUS is actually very prominent in the e-health uh, sort of space. And uh, these e-health records have all of this information in an easily transportable format that can be sent from doctor to doctor. Or in some cases now, you'll be able to have this with you in a protected way on your phone so that you'll be able to hand this off to medical professionals when you see fit. What I loved about this, and you know, you have to check this out online, just Google uh, Apple Health. Um, it's amazing the amount of info that it gives you, you know, all your immunizations, the times you've been to the clinics, uh, any lab results as well. I just had a full physical. I went to my doctor and God bless him. He's, he's awesome. Uh, but there were so many things that he just, you know, had to blaze through to tell me about my cholesterol level, blood sugar. I can't remember any of it to save my life really. Uh, and with this new app and this information, uh, it would actually allow me to compare, uh, myself to others across the country or world for that matter that are in my age range. Yeah. And so being able to have that information lets you make better decisions about things. Uh, The best part about this for me is that this is a standards-based medical record. So it's something called the Fast Healthcare Interoperability Resource. Uh, So this is a standard that is used for transmitting health records everywhere, and it's easy to read. 
So, I mean, right now on my phone, I've got a number of different uh, apps because here in BC, we have eHealth. So if I go and get a blood test or I get a physical, I can actually see the, that information there. But it's I didn't know that. eHealth? eHealth, yeah. It, it's not necessarily easy to... Um, to be able to decipher what's going on there. So, <laughs> you know, last year I actually had uh, a number of throat infections. So I went in to, uh, to get that checked out yeah. and I ended up getting my tonsils out at the end of the year, which was a heck of a lot of fun. No, but getting those, no. <laughs> getting those reports back um, every couple of, you know, weeks or months, just checking in to see like, like how have things changed? And, you know, what... Well, uh, that's the thing. You just don't know. Like, yeah. our, our records are held with the doctors, the hospitals, and clinics, and we really don't know. Unless we're, like, meticulous and, you know, ask for copies of things, which I don't, and I'm sure most people don't either, you don't really have a full history of of your health over, you know, one, five, 10, 20 years for that matter. The thing that made me chuckle the most is, uh, you know, I was talking to a friend the other day, uh, and much like Christina, she was going traveling and we were talking about immunizations and she said, oh, I've got my immunization record right here. And she pulled out a little plastic folio with a yellow card that must've been about 20 years old. <laughs> and I looked at it and I went, surely there is a better system than this. And of course, here comes Apple with uh, a much better system than this. Well, they've got a bunch of hospitals down in the U.S. signed up, uh, including John Hopkins uh, Medicine, Cedars-Sinai down in Los Angeles. Um, again, not here in Canada. They're testing this out with these hospitals. I hope to God they can get this up into Canada sometime soon. Well, I mean, the nice thing here is it is based on a standard. And of course, one of the things that's probably most important to people is their privacy when it comes to their health records. So not only is this data actually, uh, it's protected with your iPhone's uh, pin code or your thumbprint or your face print, um, but it also is encrypted as well. So like all of the other sensitive information on your phone, it's going to be locked down so that, again, uh, even if those files are for some reason taken, they're going to need to be decrypted before somebody else has access to them. So that, I think that's, I mean, for me, that's a reasonable level of security along with the convenience of having this stuff on my phone. I just want to have that information in, at my fingertips. I, I just don't have that right now. You know, whenever I have to fill out any, you know, uh, life insurance things. You know, every so often they want uh, more information about your your past health. I'm just doing it from my crappy memory. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, how accurate am I? I'm not. <laughs> so, can you imagine just having this information that is all there? Like, all the medications you've taken are taking any allergies you have. Oh my God, I I would love that. Yeah, and being able to obviously have this and then being able to transmit it securely, I think, is sort of the 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 dream for us uh, in our system. Uh, the big thing really is going to be across Canada, making sure that all of the medical agencies going forwards support this uh, this open standard. I think that's probably one of the most important things. So looking at our medical technology companies in Canada, asking them to, to, to do the right thing and support a standard like this. Well, let's give some love out to our Android uh, listeners out there. Android tip of the week. Make the most of your Android smartphone. Well, I know a lot of people uh, love taking pictures. Uh, what about getting a front-facing flash uh, for your selfies on any Android camera app? Uh, typically on the back camera, there's a flash. But if you want to take a, a selfie of yourself with the front-facing camera, uh, some some phones, like the iPhones uh, or the later iPhones, actually have uh, kind of a, a flash that will light up the screen. Well, now you can get the same effect in Android. And it's uh, basically a third-party uh, app uh, from Reactive Studios, and uh, their new app uh, actually lets you use your screen as a front-facing flash in any camera app or any app that uses your camera, even Snapchat, Instagram, and things like uh, WhatsApp. 
so again, uh, you go into one of those, uh, those apps like WhatsApp and it'll actually bring up a, uh, a selfie flash, uh, by just hitting a, a button on the side. Again, it's from reactive studios and, uh, you got to check it out when we come back from the break portrait apps. That's the hot five list this week to get that beautiful effect when you're taking pictures back after this. Gets a hot five. You're back with the app show. Mike and Graham here in studio today. Still lots more to talk about on today's program, including our streaming app of the week and also what's streaming on Netflix and Crave TV. Before we get to our hot five, Graham, uh, what's the game app of the week? Well, this week's gaming app of the week is Thumper and Thumper Pocket Edition. So it's available for phones and tablets, but it's also available on PCs, PlayStation 4, and my favorite, PlayStation 4 VR. So I've got a few versions of this at home. It's an amazingly fun rhythm game that uses uh, pacing and reflexes as you drive your Thumper avatar forwards to beat the boss of each level. So you're gliding on a silver rail, deftly avoiding obstacles and picking up power-ups, all to the beat of this killer electronic soundtrack. It's a very beautiful game, and it's totally a ton of fun in VR. So if you know anybody that has PSVR, check it out. But if not, you can check it out on your phone. So the name of the game again is Thumper. Thanks, Graham. Let's get to my favorite uh, segment of the week. The Weekly App Hot 5. This week, it's portrait photo apps. And uh, Graham, explain why these are cool types of photos to take. Well, the, the portrait photo apps are kind of fun, uh, especially if it's going to be able to use either the front or back facing camera, because what it does is it separates your subject. So the person that you're taking the picture of from the background, and it will defocus that background, giving you this sort of blurred effect. In photography, it's called bokeh, um, which is apparently a, a Japanese term that uh, denotes this beautiful blurred background. And uh, it really makes the subject pop. So you can get some great pictures for profile shots, for Instagram, and even for your own memories. They're beautiful. I have an iPhone X now, and it, it has that mode. It is fantastic. The, the pictures it takes are stunning. They look like uh, DSLR pictures. Yeah. So, I mean, the previous iPhone Plus models, so the, uh, the 7 Plus and the 8 Plus, had the dual camera. And it would use those two lenses to basically separate the front and back shot. The iPhone X does it because it actually has that 3D camera. So it can sense the depth and it defocuses anything that isn't your face. It's an incredibly cool bit of technology across the board. Well, this week's Hot 5, again, is Hot 5 portrait camera apps. And let's start with number five, uh, Graham, FabFocus. FabFocus. So basically this uses some facial recognition technology and it kind of takes a look at where your face is, where it thinks it is, and then it will defocus the background based on there. Now, if it can't do that, it actually has the ability to manually mask this. So essentially you can sort of draw a shape around where your face is, and then it will mask the background out and give you that blurred background. It's, uh, it's not perfect, but it's actually a very cool way of doing this if you don't have the capability to do that on your phone. It's available for uh, iOS, iPhones, a uh, bit of a price on it, $5.49. Uh, the next one, number four, Tada SLR for iPhones. And the nice thing about Tada SLR is that it does this wonderful defocus feature, but it does it uh, with automatic masking. So essentially where you're doing the manual masking uh, on, the, on the previous app, this one will automatically find facial shapes and give you that, uh, that masking feature inherently. For our Android uh, listeners out there, number three is background defocus. Again, available for Android smartphones. So this one's kind of a smart feature and that actually, it does this while it's taking the picture as opposed to after the fact, which a lot of the other apps will do. It basically takes two different uh, objects in focus and basically lets you measure the difference between the two of them. You bring them together into one, uh, one object and it will give you that blurred background. Number two in the hot five, we're talking about hot five portrait mode 
apps this week to give you that nice blurred effect uh, behind uh, you know people that you're taking photos of. They look simply beautiful. Now you can do it with these apps. Number two is Blur Background, and again, available for iOS, and this one's free. Yeah, and this one's kind of fun. Instead of actually masking something out, this is almost a little like the smudge tool that you would use in Photoshop or in other photo editing apps. You're just going to take your finger and you're going to draw the blur path on the photograph, and it will blur out the areas that you would like to blur out. This is really handy if you're taking a portrait of something that doesn't include a face. Um, A lot of people love to do this when they take shots of food for Instagram. They like that blurred background to get that sort of great shot where the uh, the food pops out. So this is a handy way to do that very quickly. Our number one Hot 5 portrait mode app this week. And again, these are great uh, for uh, the older phones that don't have portrait mode built into them, iPhones and Android. And this particular one is available on iOS and Android for a buck thirty-nine. is After Focus. Uh, this is actually probably one of my favorites, and I actually use this. Um, this gives you a little bit more precise control around that blur area. And the big one for me is the Smart Blur, which basically gives you the gradation between your blur and your sharpened area. So... Essentially, when you get your, your your subject popping, that's great. But typically, there's almost a fall off of blur in the other areas. Uh, so the smart blur kind of gives you that gradient. It gives you sort of a nice transition in the background. And uh, it looks far more natural. That was the Hot 5 portrait apps or portrait mode apps uh, this week. Uh, a lot of them available for iOS and Android. Graham, uh, what have you got for our Facebook tip of the week? Well, this week's Facebook tip of the week is all about privacy, speaking of photos, because you can't really control the photos and videos of you that end up on Facebook if they're taken by someone else, but you can prevent them from showing up in your timeline if you don't want them to. So that's this week's tip of the week, turning on timeline review. So to do that, load up your account in your app, tap settings, and choose activity log uh, under account settings. Now, Underneath that, you're going to see something called timeline and tagging. Scroll down to the bottom, you'll see something called review. There are two options there. Basically, both of these options allow you to turn on review for your timeline. So turn these options on, and now you'll be able to filter both pictures and posts that you are tagged in, giving you some much-needed privacy on your Facebook timeline. So that's this week's tip of the week, turning on timeline review. Thanks for that, Graham. Uh, You know what? I actually tried out one of the apps that you suggested a few shows ago for uh, people wanting to dial down the battery use of Facebook. And that's uh, an issue you know, with a lot of iPhone users. Facebook sucks up battery life like there's no tomorrow. You suggested uh, an app called Friendly. Yes. yes which I downloaded and I've tried it out for the past uh, couple of weeks here. Uh, basically, Friendly uh, allows you to set up your Facebook account into it. Uh, also, Facebook Messenger, uh, other ones like Twitter and Instagram. And you can kind of have it all in the one app. And it's supposed to uh, have a lower footprint on the phone, like not as much storage space and not as much battery suckage, which, <laughs> yes, it worked. But I got to say, Graham, after a couple of weeks of using it, I do love the fact that everything's kind of integrated into one, but it's just not as smooth as Facebook, like the actual Facebook app. And there was a lot of times when I was posting things, especially things, uh, posts where I had multiple pictures, it just kind of it bogged down and didn't work very well. And that's really the thing is you've got to kind of pay the piper there. And unfortunately, Facebook's got all of those development resources to really refine how fast their app can move. And that's one of the reasons why it sucks so much batteries because it is a bit of a performance hog. So that's sort of the trade-off. If you're mostly a Facebook browser, then Friendly is a, is a great alternative. Uh, if you're a Facebook contributor and you're uploading a lot of pictures, uh, you might have to go back to the original app. Yeah, if you're just like a a lighter Facebook user, definitely having everything built into one, especially I love that Messenger's built into it Mm because I hate having to go out of Facebook into the Messenger app. Some people like that, I don't. Uh, So the fact that Friendly had it built in, I thought was fantastic. But yeah, 
Uh, I, I don't post like tons of pictures, but when I do, it's typically, you know, I've, I've gone somewhere with a family and I'm going to post like 10 to 15 pictures. It just, it sucked. <laughs> it sucked. But um, I can see how some people would like it. So, you know, if you want to try a different Facebook app out, friendly. That's uh, my, my review, Graham. <laughs> when we come back from the break, it's streaming time. We're going to talk about the streaming app of the week and also what's streaming on Netflix and Crave TV. There's some really cool movies and TV shows that you'll want to know about. For Mike, uh, or sorry, for the app show, Mike and Graham, we're going to take a break. We'll be back after this. You're back with the app show. Mike and Graham here in studio. So much more to talk about on today's app program. Of course, later on in the show, we will have our travel app of the week from Christina, who is uh, traveling, ironically enough. Uh, and we'll also cover the crazy app of the week and, of course, uh, what is streaming on Netflix and Crave. But uh, let's start off with the streaming app of the week. Graham. So our streaming app of the week for this week is Love Nature 4K for iOS and Apple TV. So this app is free on the App Store and gives you access to 4K content focused on nature, plant life, and animals from the Love Nature network. So these cool videos uh, are available through there. Uh, for the first 30 days for free. But uh, if you're going to continue on past that, there's an in-app subscription for $5 per month or $40 per year. So actually a fairly decent value there. Uh, Your best bang for your buck is with a 4K TV. So you're going to want to watch this on your Apple TV. And there are over 200 hours of beautiful documentaries and slow TV episodes, which are great for relaxing with something beautiful and educational. So that's this week's streaming app of the week, Love Nature 4K. Streaming this week. Lots of stuff happening on uh, Netflix and Crave TV this week. Uh, Starting off uh, with Netflix, they have uh, a new show called Black Lightning. Black Lightning was a savior who kept our streets and our schools safe. He was hope personified. But he was also Jefferson Pierce, my father. Black Lightning, uh, this is a show on Netflix uh, produced by the CW Television Network. Uh, They've been making a lot of superhero uh, shows lately. I think Supergirl, Flash, Green Arrow. Uh, This one's kind of uh, interesting. It's about this uh, superhero that uh, can channel electricity and lightning, but he retires back in, I think, 2005 or 2006, but then has to come out of retirement here in 2017 to help fight crime again. This is actually getting some really phenomenal critical reviews. You know, I've I've been reading some stuff online. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but it seems like people are absolutely loving the way that this is treating a lot of its themes um, with a great deal of maturity, especially for a CW series. So I'm I'm very intrigued and I'm I'm looking forward to getting a chance to sit down and watch it. Also streaming on Netflix this week, Suits Season 6. I love this series. It's uh, actually got Meghan Merkel in it. Uh, She's going to marry Prince Harry, by the way. This is uh, filmed in Toronto as well. Hello? You have a call from Denbury Federal Prison. Do you accept the charges? Yes. I came down here to figure out what the hell we're going to do. I'm too busy trying to survive in here. We're being sued for every case Mike Ross has ever touched. Ooh, if you follow the series, Mike Ross is the the whiz kid who, uh, I guess, fools his way into this law firm without a law degree, uh, but super bright, knows the entire... uh, uh, I guess everything to do with law and uh, it's in season six right now. And it's actually really good. I, I don't know if you've had a chance to watch this. I haven't, but it sounds like if he's got a, you know, complete lock on this law thing, wouldn't it have been behooved him to actually go get a law degree at some point? I forget why he didn't. Okay. There was a reason. Okay. 
I'll, I'll have to catch up. I'll have to go back to season with one. Six seasons ahead of me. Uh, also, Netflix this week, One Day at a Time, season two, the reboot. We have been through so much this year. I mean, the divorce. Lena came out to us. Soon Alex will be out of the house, married to his wife with her spray tan legs and fake boobs. I know his type. <laughs> This is, uh, again, available on Netflix. Season two is just uh, kicking off uh, the Alvarez family. If you like them in season one, you'll want to check them out here on Netflix uh, starting on January 26th. Also uh, on Netflix, and Netflix has been pounding the movies out. I think they have 80 movies coming out in the next year, which is just, I I can't even fathom that, Graham. And the quality of what they've been putting out has actually been quite high. So, I mean... I'm I'm really hoping that they've just got the formula down to a fine art and we're going to get more and more great stuff. Well, this looks like one of them with uh, Idris Elba. Idris Elba. I always pronounce his name incorrectly, but he's a fantastic uh, actor. I love him in Luther, the British series. I don't know if you've seen that one. This one is called Mandela, Long Walk to Freedom. You are Winnie Madikazela, the first black social worker they've ever hired. And you're the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. So this is actually uh, goes back in uh, Mandela's uh, life and shows how he became the man that he is or was basically uh, a revolutionary uh, who later went on to become uh, the leader of South Africa and brought the country together. Looking forward to seeing it. Okay, we're going to jump over to Crave TV and this is your dream come true, Graham. Star Trek Discovery episode uh, 13 is coming out. This series has just thrown me for a loop. I love Star Trek. I really enjoyed the reboots of this series here. Uh, This takes place before the original Star Star Trek series and I thought it was good, but the last few episodes have been freaking amazing. I'm living proof that fate is real. The strong and the capable will always rise. He does not control this ship. I do. Discovery is no longer Lorca's. She is ours. I'm responsible for forging my own path. We all are. There's some been uh, been some major plot twists on this. Uh, you actually haven't seen the last episode, and it's killing me not to spoil it for you. I, I'm I'm so excited. I mean, you know, this series when it first launched, the pilot episode, I was a little trepidatious. You know, the little first muddy. Co- yeah, the first couple of episodes of any Trek, you kind of you give it a chance. Um, they started to settle into themselves about halfway through the season, and then when Rain Wilson showed up as Harcourt Fenton Mudd, who's a character who shows up in the original uh, Star Trek series from back in the '60s, I went. All bets are off. This is fantastic. We're here. Um, and the mid-season finale was was phenomenal. And where they've come from now in these last, I guess, you know, uh, I've seen two of the episodes. It's going to be four soon. I'm super stoked for the for these next two for me. So This next uh, series, you have to check out. Uh, it's got J.K. Simmons in it. He's fantastic. He plays two people. It's called Counterpart. It's a star series and available on Crave TV. I want another Howard with us. That's the deal. There's a violinist named Nadia Fierro. You heard of her? No. On my side, she's an assassin. Goes by the name Baldwin. The more we get on Nadia, the more we learn about where Baldwin might go. So this is a fantastic series. I love the premise. There's uh, a parallel Earth that uh, they discovered back uh, a few decades ago in Berlin. So there's a whole bunch of kind of cold war kind of intrigue happening here at the same time. And uh, they go between the different universes and they have the same people, but uh, they're different. You know, we saw this actually with Fringe a little bit where there was this parallel universe that was kind of dystopian. Sometimes I look at our news and I wonder, 
Are we the dystopian universe? Dun, dun, <laughs> we dun. are. We are. We're going to have to take a break here on the App Show. Mike and Graham in today. Uh, when we come back, we'll be talking with Christina, who's somewhere down south with our travel app of the week. Stay tuned. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.